price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruined. This hello. is Allie. This is Allison. And this is a podcast. We've ruined a horror movie just for you. Just for you. How are you doing, Allison? Oh, I'm fine. Before we hopped on, I was... Um, Let's get into it. Uterus. New Year. Yes. Old New uterus. Year, uterus. Um, yeah. <laughs> was chatting with uh, our editor, Kat, and, uh, and you about the horrors of periods and... I'm feeling less than 100% thanks to mine uh, because it's hell and my uterus is filled with fibroids and endometriosis that nobody can fix. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I'm debating having it permanently uh, burned off. <laughs> so so basically, you just have to do it once and they go in and they burn yeah. off your uterine lining and it won't grow back is the idea. It doesn't grow back. Yeah, they burn or freeze or cut it off, depending on, like, what method you choose. My, I, I think only, I only have all three, little, you know what I mean? I mean, do it all. Like, let's make sure <laughs> this thing threat. is dead. Um, like, it's just a very horror movie thing where it's like, don't just fire one shot and assume that the oh, no. is dead. Yeah, let's don't turn around. We'll, we'll see it rise up. <laughs> we'll see your uterus rise up behind you with a like, chainsaw. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm interested. My doctor and I are in kind of a long process of figuring out what to, to do about yeah. yeah i kind of want it you know out of there because it's ruining my life and i'm certainly not using it <laughs> yeah and i i'm in a real mood of um as as close as we can get to in the society we live um uh bodily autonomy yes so i feel like it's like that's the kind of thing and I, it does make me think of some you know sometimes people go in um to get their tubes tied and pe- and doctors will say or a vasectomy and they'll say you're too young you know yeah. whatever and it's like that's not really any of your business, right? It's like, not. It's you know, not. And, and, and I, yeah. I have asked about it in the past as birth, as a contraceptive method because I'm not interested in having kids at all, and I've known right. that. Um, and only now, at mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was 38 when I was uh, last at my doctor um, a few months ago, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, can we rip all these?" fucking fibroids out of me. Um, and she was like, well, if we do, which like is the biggest if, um, we could also then maybe consider a tubal ligation, which is getting your tubes tied. And I'm like, only now that is an option yeah. when I'm so far down the fertility rabbit hole that you know, I've proven that I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many things uh, like with female, but well, not female bodies, uh, assigned female and birth yes. bodies where it's sort of like talked about in the way of like, well, you might regret it later. So I am going to take, like, it's like, I'm right. going to take your decision and do make it for you, which is yes. like so infantilizing. It does not happen if, but in the reverse. Like no one is like, are you sure you want kids? For like for men, you mean, or? No, no, no. I mean like in the reverse for like, like, me saying I don't want kids is questioned, but somebody saying they want kids is never oh, questioned. Oh, absolutely. Like, Imagine. what if you regret it? 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. And frankly, a lot of people do. And there's like, that's hard too. Cause then you can never talk about it. You know, there's no oh, social space to be like, yeah, I fucked up. This sucks. This you know? is not what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and I, I think we've talked about this before, but I often think about like, there's like a study. People, we are bad at science. Like, cause I feel like oh. there's a lot of studies. Yeah. Like there's one that was like, oh, you're the most miserable in your forties. And to me, I read that and, you know, our friends are, in their, are entering their 40s yes. and have children. It's like, we oh, are that's on me. the precipice. That's, I mean, let's hurtling towards it. Like, and it's like, oh, they're miserable because of the way that society is set up to help people, to not help yes. people with children. Yes. It's not like, and they're like, why the 40? Like, it's like, it's not like an empiric question. We no. all live in the world at every age. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I can tell you what most people are doing in their 40s, which is if you're going to have kids, you're either going to have them already or you're going to have them then. Yeah. So you were in the fucking thick of child rearing child, and we, yeah. you, we are just like good fucking luck to each yeah. family. You're and on then, your own. Yeah. That's Hope so you have fascinating. Money. Yeah, and not to speak super. about trans people every episode, but I am on my high horse yes. as a queer person. But you know, it's also this, that I feel like this constant onslaught of like conversation about like, basically if you're like an assigned female birth person, like trans masculine people fretting about your fertility or fretting yes. about getting top surgery or like, and it's all about your fertility. Right. It's you all know? about if you're going to have a kid as um, the person who can carry a child and therefore but, that's yeah. your responsibility to our society, to society and not to yeah. like your own identity and your own body. Like it's so. Exactly. Right. And that's like, so that's fun. so, I mean, and I do, I have, I get, I have a queer optimism. I believe we'll get there. Like really what the conversation is, should be if you want, if you are trans or if you want to, you know, if you were, I don't even know how to describe this, but like, let's say you're trans, you should be able to preserve your fertility. Like, I mean, it's like, if you want that, you that we should be helping you do that so you can have a child later, whether you carry Raising the child or not. And fight, we yeah. have the technology, but because Certainly. like the queer and, and trans like families. Rich couples do it every day. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Like all the things that like straight people do, if a queer trans person does it, it is like, can you believe it? It's like, yeah, everyone's here doing right. this. All gender day. affirming care is being done constantly to people who want to change their appearances and people who pursue plastic surgery. And, and again, other, if like, I have money, I'm doing it. Like, I, again, like, I, like, I, I don't know. It's just like, that's an example of like, wow, we really, even in a medical setting where everything should just be like logical, yeah. there is this thing that creeps out of like, I, you sure you don't want to have kids later? You sure yeah. you're going to? You sure? That's yeah. Anywho, yeah. sorry everyone. <laughs> um, I'm I'm okay. I'm in my new apartment. I'm painting every oh, yes. wall. Oh my god, um, I love that. I'm, Except I'm for the one behind you, which is well, white. no. This is I'm doing that this week. I'm deciding. I think I'm going to go like a a blue, like a periwinkle blue. I'll just think about what the rats are going to want. Oh, I mean, they they love everything. They've been telling, <laughs> coming, creeping in and whispering in my ear at night. Um, you know, I I I'm really excited. It's nice to like because you've been in your own place for a while. Yeah. And not that I did love di- living with ex-boyfriend of the pod, Dave, but like- There's I just something about settled. living oh, in your so own nice. space that is entirely oh, your own. That so is nice. magical. Yeah, I, I would say other than that, I, I, that's really the only thing I have going painting? on is uh, I have a mattress and a TV and I'm painting the walls. I mean, mattress, TV, computer, I don't know what else I really use in my apartment. <laughs> It does make me feel either like a like divorced dad or like a 22-year-old, you know, yes. in a way that- but I guess I, I I have both of those energies anyway, so <laughs> yes. it's it's really perfect. Um, but yeah, well, let us begin. We are yes. continuing our um, Awful White Women Month. and Presented by two awful white women. The, some of the worst. And some the of worst, the worst. At least some of the most fucking annoying, we can agree. <gasps> yes. Um, 
And uh, the one, the movie we are doing this week is The Black Coat's Daughter, directed by Osgood Perkins, who is Anthony Perkins of Psycho's fame son. Oh, that's and fun. He, yeah, and you might rec- recognize him. He was in Legally Blonde, and he plays sort of like, there's that one scene where he's a huge nerd, and Elle walks by and like slaps him in, in front of two women, and she's like, how dare you give me the best sex of my life and never call me again to yes. like make him seem cool, which again, it's, it's right. Queer eyes. I'm like, that's problematic. L. why yes. you got to get involved? But, um, so he's in that, which is like an, an incredible, like moment in his career. And he also directed this really great, um, movie called, um, I am the pretty thing in the house. And so we have to do that as well. Ooh. Oh, it's another horror movie. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it sounds um, terrifying from the title. Oh, oh, I know. And I really, there are certain horror movies where clearly they found the title and worked backwards. And I feel great about that. Yeah. Okay. So, of course, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. <sighs> Allison, did you watch the trailer? I did. And what were your thoughts about the Black Coat's daughter's trailer? I did not like watching that. <laughs> it is, if that is a taste of what the movie is, like, this is already a movie that I'm going to say, couldn't do it. There are movies I could do. This does not seem like one of them. And it what is a what heroin about it? trailer. Yes, yeah, so what mean, about it hits you in that way? Well, the trailer is like a little, it's, it's kind of more enigmatic than some other trailers that are like, mm-hmm. here's the killer. Oh my God. Like, this is more just like, oh God, just the, the unease of like, I don't know. There's nothing scarier than a teenage girl. Um, mm-hmm. In any capacity, and here we have one or two. Hard to say if they're both real. Um, These are I good love, questions. You're asking the right questions. I love Kiernan Shipka, and I'm such a Mad Men fanatic that, like, this is upsetting to me because she's so good. And to me, she's always Sally Draper um, and hopefully never Mrs. John Mayer um, at, or Mrs. B.J. Novak or whatever, like, 40-year-old oh man. Is Remember that? 20. Yeah, no, somebody's, like, trying to hook up with her and she's a child still to me um or much too young for an older man um dark dark days man i'll tell you fucked up um but um i i don't know if she's alone at that school or if she goes home to a house or if that was her house or who those people are but boy are they not good um great an excellent assessment um (laughs) I, i think by any measure um, we also like to take a baseline scary. Oh Allison, how scary do you find the concept of loneliness? Have I mean, you ever I, been lonely, I Allison? Not very, because I spend, like, I just, I did a show last night, but um, for the previous three days, I had been at home alone, save for one eye exam, and it was heaven. <laughs> Like, I was like, I got to the show and I was like, I don't know when the last time I spoke out loud was. Probably Tuesday morning. <laughs> like, just. Yeah. I, um. That's I thought loneliness. That's just being alone. Loneliness, yeah. I find to be very different. Yeah. I feel like, um, again, not to make everything about me coming out, but of course it is. Um, <laughs> I feel like before I came out, I really had this like deep existential loneliness that mm. looking back, it was like, oh, I was like lonely from myself. But in a way, oh, I yeah, wouldn't have been able sure. to like say to people, like I wouldn't be able to tell a therapist that. I mean, it was something right. so vague and like obscure to me. But looking back, I was like, ooh, like I that's I felt I was so lonely, and this is very dark because I, I we were talking about fertility, and I was like, do I want to try to have a kid? Not necessarily biologically, but like but if just, I like, did, like be a parent. 
And also, like, if I want to do it biologically, because uh, frankly, that seems a little bit easier. I don't know. It's like there's so yeah, many yeah, 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 ways yeah. Cheaper. If you're a person. Cheaper. So I don't even know. Either Though it's like, not cheap to have a baby and we're all very aware. Yeah, exactly. But um, what was I talking about? Oh, I, I remember. This is, again, very, this is very dark, but I'm just obviously, Say now it. that I live alone, I am like, you know, really oh, not yeah, spiraling, productively working through stuff. I was like, oh, I think before when I thought about having a child, I was, people would be like, don't have a kid to make yourself happy. And I remember being like, I would only be having a kid to make myself happy. Like, that's the only reason I could see doing right. it. And I knew on some level, like, that there was something wrong with, like, that. Because right. it, I know that's, A, doesn't work. You just are an unhappy yeah. person who now has a child that relies on you. Right. Um, but also, like, that is, like, to not understand why I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, well, then I can't really resolve the issue of whether I want to have a child. You know? It's like... Right. So now I feel like, well, I'm actually borderline very happy despite all the world we live in. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I guess I have to revisit the question. And it's like, you know, it's like, I don't have a partner. I don't right. even know how, like, it's like, what would that mean? I have to pick it. The idea of picking a sperm donor, like no. if I were to go that way, how do you, you know, and I, and I know people have done it and I, we have some yeah. um, a wonderful fan who has messaged us. I believe it's Molly. Well, I'll check that before we release this in case I'm wrong. But, who, who, you know, same-sex couples who have gone through the process. So yes. I know if I were to engage in it, other people are doing it. So I'd find information. It's not like this totally overwhelming thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's really interesting to be like, oh, I'm actually baseline very happy. Yes. So, I, so I'm revisiting it with new eyes. And I'm like, oh God, like I have to revisit everything. You know, Every like, single like, thing that you've ever thought yeah. about in your life is now looked at through a new lens. But hey, what else do I do it? You know what I mean? mean Recorded this podcast, the walls going and, insane. Yeah, yeah, in a positive way. Painting yes. the walls. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, loneliness. Oh, yeah. Loneliness. Um, I really like this movie. I had seen it previously. Um, I think when it came out and and really loved it. Um, based solely on what you've seen in the mm-hmm. trailer, Allison. Would you like to guess the twist? Now, this is, I think this, I would consider this a movie with a proper twist. Guess the twist. Ooh, okay, good. Um, I mean, based on the way the trailer is cut, I have a feeling that the other girl that we know is not alive anymore. Great. Love it. Okay. That's my guess. I, I think you're you're definitely in the right ballpark, okay? And the ballpark yeah. is full of teenage girls who maybe have some funny ideas of how to deal with loneliness. Oh, boy. So let us begin ruining the Black Coat's daughter. It starts with a song that goes, Needle Deedle, Black Coat's daughter, what was in the holy water? Yeah, that's in the trailer. And it was uh, uh, genuinely chilling. Instantly terrifying. Uh, we open on a dream, Allison. And we see a young woman asleep um, in what looks like a dorm room. And we see a man in a, of course, a black coat step in a frame. And they, it doesn't, again, I. What year is this movie? Is it current day? Yeah, it's supposed to be current day. Okay. It's set at a girls' Catholic boarding school. So okay, it so does look. Exactly. Well, it's like it could be 2015, it could be 2000, it could be like 1965. It could right. be any time in there. Frozen in time uh, in every way. Yeah. And so so she's having a dream and a man we see a man's black coat and scarf step into frame and we do not see his face and she wakes up and looks up and says, Daddy, you came early. And so we see her then in her dream, uh, and this is um Kiernan Shipka. Mm-hmm. We see her walking across a parking lot empty with the man right beside her, and it's shot in such a way where you see his coat, but you cannot see anything else about him. Mm-hmm. And she says, Daddy, where's the car? 
And she turns and she sees a completely wrecked car with like what appears to be to me gas and blood dripping down the hood. Mm-hmm. She wakes up and we see her looking at her calendar. We see her parents are supposed to be coming to visit the next day. So we've seen... Is it what, Thanksgiving? It is. No, it's actually February 22nd. Okay. So they are all going on, having, going on February. But you just said February 22nd. I was like, does February go up to 20? Oh my God. What is wrong with me? I mean, listen, I'm right there with you. It does, in fact, go up to 22nd. And, but it's, it's technically their like spring break. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I guess if you, that's spring break would be at the end of February if school ends in May, like meaning of May, yeah. like trying to sort it out. But basically, uh, the parents are going to come visit the next day and mm-hmm. then they're going to do, they do like a, a parent's day. So like they have recitals and like show them the school and they, you know, see their kids' projects and then they're off for a week. So basically your parents come for the day and then take you home for the week and bring you back. Yes. So um, uh, the girl's name is Catherine, we learned at this point. So Catherine goes to visit Father Brian, who is sort of one of the head priests at the her girls' Catholic Academy, the Bramford School. He welcomes her in. He knows her. She's a very talented musical student. She's doing the, the recital. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I'm going to miss your recital today because I have to go up to Albany. And she's kind of really like, well, how long, how long does it take to Albany? Like, it's probably a few hours. So, like, it's probably only like a few hours back. Like, you think about it. Right. Like, she's clearly, and he says, like, or is something bother, bothering you? And Catherine's like, I just, I just wish you were going to be there. Clearly, again, a, 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 wanting a parent, a parental, yes. you yes. know. Yes. And um, and he looks at her, and Catherine sort of looks to the side as if someone has said something to her, but there's no one there. And she oh, smiles, God. and Father, and she kind of laughs. And Father Brian says, "Oh, is, is something funny?" And she snaps back, and she looks at him, and she says, "No, she has no mem- she has no awareness of what she's just done." Okay, but, you know, she's kind of like she's a little passive aggressive. She's like, "I just, I just hope you have a good time in Albany." He's like, "I, I will. Thank you, and I'll see you after break." Um, we see our, our second girl that we're following, Rose. She's like an older girl. So I think Catherine's supposed to be like a freshman and Rose is junior, senior. Black hair. Okay. Walks into a classroom. They're taking photos for picture day. Okay. And we see her smiling for the camera. And as soon as the camera stops, we go. she goes to the um, nurse's uh, office to complain of a headache, a sore throat. She's really not feeling well. This is the other um, girl? This is the other girl, Rose, right? And, and you know, the nurse says it would be a shame to be sick over break. And uh, we, so the, the two nurses are both nuns. So these nuns, the okay. sisters, are going to be a part of this. So okay. they're sort of like helping, they're, you know, overseeing the girls, like they're getting the medication, they're helping them, sort of mm-hmm. guidance counselor slash religious yes. influence, you know. <laughs> um, and so we're like, like Catholics do it, medicine and religion, it's always a All great in combination. One. Yes. yes. Those are the um, same thing. Yeah. So they give her some medication uh, and Rose goes back to her room. She and her roommate are smoking out the window. And I was like, well, that's why you have a sore throat, Rose. But it turns out she has bigger problems. Rose says to her roommate, so do you think I have to tell him? And the roommate's like, well, I mean, I think so. It's half his problem. Like, he should oh, have boy. to deal with it, too. And Rose says, yeah, I'm only four days late. I can still get my period. Maybe I'm not pregnant. But again, you're 17. You're like, 
every moment every, of that. Every second that you don't have your period, you are pregnant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pre- I'm pregnant for a thousand years. Yes. I've told this other thing on the pod before, but I remember I, have a fr- I had a friend um, right after undergrad. I went to Notre Dame. I-, I have a lot of Catholic damage, obviously. Yeah. But uh, all my friends like basically started having sex after college. So we were like 22, 23. Everyone, every fucking month was like, well, I'm pregnant. It's yeah. My life is over. And I remember my friend Martha, and I think she'd be okay with me saying her name. She would take pregnancy tests. I swear to God, every fucking day. And I said to her one time, and I meant it, I said it jokingly, but I did mean it. I was like, you know, with the money that you spent on pregnancy tests, you could use it to go to a therapist and sort of like get a handle on your anxiety around yeah. this. And also, I was They're saying that to myself. And Martha said, she's like, I hear what you're saying, but my therapist can't tell me whether I'm pregnant. And I was like, you know what? You got me there. Correct, This is Martha. what she needed to work through yes. that, that phase. She needed uh, the, like, assurance of, like, a Exactly. A right. I will one day bring down the Catholic Church, so I'm calling it now on the yes. pod. Just look forward would to love, that. Would love that. Would love that. Um, but, you know, so Rose is dealing with that. All of the girls in the school attend an assembly. And basically, it's like the pre-parents' day assembly. And uh, Mr. Gordon, who is the headmaster tells everyone, okay, everyone's on your best uh, behavior. Like, I, everyone's going to be performing, but I want good conduct, sort of like just dictating what everyone should be doing. Nobody do anything out of pocket. Um, and we see the next day, like the parents start arriving. Allison, Catherine's parents are nowhere to be seen. Oh boy. She, because she had the dream of the yes. wrecked car, immediately assumes, oh my God, I had this omen. I mean- they're fucking dead again. Even without the dream, I would I, that would be my first. Oh, I jumped to catastrophe immediately. Immediately, um, Rose's roommate leaves with her parents, and so uh, sort of people start to dwindle. Rose stands in the back of the auditorium and gets cigarettes from some other senior girls and watches Catherine's vocal and piano performance. It's beautiful. During the song, Catherine looks out in the audience and clearly there were two seats marked off for her parents, like in the front row, because she's performing. Mm -hmm. And she has a moment where she like sees that they're not there. It turns out the everyone's parents come and get them except for Catherine and Rose. They're the only two who are still at the school, right? And Mr. Gordon's like, I'm fucking leaving. I'm going on vacation. So like, I have to sort this out. Yeah. Yeah. And so the sister, the nuns are there. But even they are like, oh, Christ, like, we got these two stragglers, you know. Rose says, like, two teen girls, like, no thanks. Right, it's like, yeah, instead of a week off, you're going to have to parent a pregnant teen and a girl whose parents have not shown up. Like, again, the opposite of vacation. Um, So Rose says, you know, I told my parents um, that I thought we got out Friday. Um, But it seems clear to us she's just stalling because she doesn't want to have to tell her parents she's pregnant or deal with it, you know. So clearly she's like, I just needed a couple days, but my parents are coming Friday. Catherine, however, is immediately convinced her parents are dead. They can't reach them. Mr. Gordon's calling their, their phone, the father's phone. Kat, he's like, do you have a cell phone? And Catherine's like, I was going to get one for my birthday. They told me, but I don't have one yet. But he's telling her it's they're probably there's bad weather like coming in. There's a blizzard. They probably got cut up. Meanwhile, it's 2015. Again, like if this was the 80s, sure. 2015, you could go call. anywhere and find, you know, like call someone to get in touch yes. with your daughter's school. Like, yes. you could get on Facebook and, and message you know, her, you know like, that that's expected. Like, I think that that's yes, like the, exactly. the inverse is like now because we can communicate so easily. Mm-hmm. When people don't, it's such a sign of distress because it's like oh, you yeah. can and you haven't. So therefore, you are dead. And 
I'll tell you, if I was being my parents and they didn't show up, I would immediately be like, well, they're both dead because they're not the kind of people not to fucking call and right. not to show up, you know? Same. So understandably, Catherine, and but she's upset in this way where she's sort of becoming catatonic. Like, she's not like hysterical. She's just yeah. sort of like staring off in the middle distance. Understandable. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Gordon says, I'm fucking leaving. Good luck. But the two nuns, which are Ms. Prescott and Ms. Drake, they will be here to take care of you over break. And they're both like, Christ, you know? Okay. But he does say to Rose, okay, since you're the only one, only two here and you're older, could you please, like, look after Catherine and just check in on her? Just as a nice thing to do. And Rose says, actually, I have a sore throat and I'm going to go lay down. Which, again, I'm like, yes, it's not your job. but this bitch, yes. Yeah. Um, but he reassures her, don't worry, Catherine, you know, we're going to figure it out. Meanwhile, we see Catherine. She uses, like, the payphone in the hallway of the dorm. She calls her dad's cell phone. No answer. Leaves him a voicemail telling him to call the school. But she knows. Right. She's not fucking picking up. It's not. The, they're not at right. home. They're, they're not on the road. Where the fuck are they, you know? They're not alive. That night, Catherine's, like, being very needy, understandably, and, like, wants to hang out with Rose. Yes. Rose, however, is going out to meet her boyfriend, with whom she is currently pregnant, probably. So she's like getting ready and she's like, Catherine, I'm not watching you. You're, I have no interest in this. I'm going out and don't you fucking tell those nuns that I've left. None and Catherine's that. like, okay. And she also tells Catherine, have you noticed that the nuns wear wigs? And Catherine says, I, I guess I didn't even, I guess I didn't like, they wear the, you know, the habit. Yeah. It's like, well, they have actually no hair on their bodies at all. And you can tell because the eyebrows look so fake. I know, please. Exactly. Like, oh, so the way they will say it's like, oh, how do they do that? Uh, Maybe they were in cahoots with the devil because Rose tells Catherine their eyebrows look fake because they're drawn on. That's because their real ones burned right off. And Catherine says, what? You didn't hear about Jen Darling's sister? Graduated three years ago. She walked in on them one night, worshiping the devil. And Catherine told, I thought this was funny. She was like, so who told you that? Which I thought was a funny question. Yes. Wait, so she just told everyone so everyone knows. Rose, she's like, my boyfriend's here. Don't worry about it. The two nuns that are here worship the devil. Anyways, I'll be back later. And she tells Catherine, don't come in my room. Do not touch my shit. You know, leave me alone. And she walks out into the blizzard to her boyfriend's car. He's picking her up. Oh boy. And she's about to tell him I am pregnant. So Catherine immediately goes to her room. Does and Catherine go- know about this? Catherine doesn't know about the pregnancy, no. But Catherine does immediately, as soon as Rose leaves, she goes into Ro- Rose's dorm yeah, room and just starts going through his, her shit. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I would do. First thing I would do. And she finds a school photo packet that we saw the school photo. And she we see her in with her finger trace a line across Rose's throat in the photo. Allison in the hallway, the payphone rings. No. Nope. And suddenly we're with a third woman, a third person entirely, okay. played by Emma Roberts. And okay. she's sort of looking nervous. She's at a bus stop in the middle of the night and it's freezing cold. It's not even like a bus stop where you could like, it's not like a bus stop where you could like be there and there's like people there and you can yeah, stay there overnight or anything. Like a sign. The middle of nowhere, yeah. And we see her, we see her uh, having like flashbacks and we see that she was in, had a state of mental health facility. We, we see her being, medication being forced on her. We see her being put in restraints and we see her in the, in the bathroom of the bus stop ripping off her hospital bracelet. So she's just got out of this, whatever okay. this facility was, right? She tries to use a payphone, but the number she calls is disconnected. She opens a map 
and opens it to Bramford. So she's making her way to Bramford where the Bramford Academy is as well. So at a certain point, she's just waiting for the bus to come in the morning, but like it's the middle of the night. So she's just waiting sort of outside on a bench at the bus stop. It's freezing cold. She has a coat, but again, it's, it's the middle of fucking winter. Yeah. And a man approaches her, and the actor is um, Richard from Sex and the City. Oh, Richard. yes. I know yes. exactly who that is. Um, who is great in this, and I feel bad I should know his name. Um, James Reamer. And, he's uh, great. I could totally see him in a horror movie. Yeah, he's fabulous. And he introduces himself, and basically he's like, I'm Bill. Um, my wife is Linda. We just stopped. I think they stopped to use the bathroom or restrooms or something like at the bus stop, but they're currently driving. And this young woman tells him that she's Joan. And he says, uh, do you need a lift somewhere? I, I really don't feel like we could leave you out here in the middle of the snow. Yeah. And uh, he's, she says, I'm going to Portsmouth, which is sort of like Bramford. And then Portsmouth is the next town after that. Yeah. And he says, well, we could take you part of the way. We're, we're also, we're going in that direction as well. So he loads her into the car. Bill's wife, Linda's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I mean. Who the fuck is this? It is like a complicated, like if you saw like a teen girl exactly. alone at a bus stop in the middle of a blizzard in the dark, like, you what got, would you, you do? do well, and also I think like, uh, so Joan is a little, like she's in her 20s. So Joan okay. is older than the teen girls, but she's okay. still a young woman alone. Yes. I, I I mean, I think, Unfortunately, again, in society, I think like our reaction is to leave them there. Yes. But that is probably someone who does desperately need help. Your help. Yes, yes. Exactly. So I think his, his instinct was right. Um, and, you know, he should have checked with his wife. I, I would want, you know, my wife to check it with me. But like, you know, he's doing the right thing and Joan accepts the ride. And we see in the back seat they have a beautiful bouquet of flowers. And as the car pulls out, we see on the back they have the Bramford School bumper sticker. Okay. Oh. Back at school, Rose's boyfriend drops this, her off. So good. The same time? Or are we are we led to believe that this is, this isn't the past? Or is it? When do you want me to answer that question? Do you want Not me yet. to wait? Okay. Yeah, wait. Just These are it. good questions, Allison. These are I'm excellent learning. questions. You're learning. Yeah, two, two, and a, two and a half years of fucking drilling these lessons <laughs> into your head. I'm like, is she bad? <laughs> wait a minute. Is she a ghost? <laughs> is she um, a ghost? Back at school, Rose's boyfriend drops her off. Clearly, they had, like, a very awkward, hard conversation. And they have, like, a moment of silence where she's, like, trying to get, like, open the door or whatever. Okay. And he's like, will you call me? She says, um, I don't know my phone. And he's like, well, I, you, could, I could, you could at least let me drive you there, you know, to the abortion clinic. But Rose is clearly, like, again, like, shut down. And again, yeah. in a, a very to be a teenage girl going through that, no. our hearts go out. At 35, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, just that moment of, like, oh, I have to make a plan. I have to, like, have, yeah. now you I know, have to, make decisions. I have to make a doctor's appointment. Oh, Ugh. my God. The worst part. <laughs> um, But she's like, no, I'll be fine, and climbs out. And Rose goes to look in on Catherine, because Rose is, like, a nice enough person, goes to Catherine's room. Catherine is gone. Catherine just isn't in her bed at all. She goes to, they have, like, sort of, like, the... um like a bathroom for like the hallway sort of like yeah, the yeah, yeah. dorm what do you style call dorm style bathroom yeah i was like is there a term but yeah so she goes to their bathroom Catherine, <laughs> Catherine's not there uh, what's that place where like the toilet is allison <laughs> um, toilet home toilet home she goes to the toilet home and while she's there <laughs> she hears 
the radiator thud. And she hears a girl's voice through the radiator saying very quietly, sounds good, along with a lot of thudding noises. So she's like, that has to be fucking Catherine. There's no other welts here. People here. Allison, she follows the sounds down, like out of the hallway, down the steps, into the basement, towards the boiler room, calling out Catherine. Allison, she gets all the way to the boiler room, and we could tell it's the boiler room because we see the, the flames of the boiler. Yes. And she peers in. There's a little window in the door, and we see Catherine genuflecting three times very fast. I have she's, no idea what that word is. She's on her knees, and mm-hmm. she's bowing, but she's bowing really fast, and she's whipping up and down. like So she's bowing from the waist okay, in a worshipful manner okay. to the boiler. Allison, oh. what would you do? What would you do if you saw such a thing? What would you do? I would run away. I would back up. I would immediately just back up and pretend I didn't see it. I would be totally honest. I would if I saw up. that, I'd be like, that's I'd none of like, my business, mm-hmm. whatever this is. I think that I would call, I would go to that payphone and call anyone I know that is not my, look, your parents aren't coming for whatever reason. Yeah. But find someone. You must know one other person that isn't part of the school and have them come and get you. Absolutely. I, um, well, exactly. It's like, there has to be like, I mean, I don't know. I've never been to a boarding school, but I got to imagine they, you have to put down a fair number of numbers, like a doctor's yeah. number or like an aunt right. or Emergency somebody. contact beyond just your parents. Like, and yeah, you know, it's 2015. It's not, you know, 1960. Like, I'm sure she has like a credit card or like something. Like, go to a hotel. Go at, like, get at, like, call a taxi to come get you to take you away. Like, I am just not staying there. That Absolutely. is not a place I am staying. Um, also, I was wrong. Genuflecting is when you go down one knee. Oh. Prostration is when you Ooh, are kneeling hell. or bowing so low as to have your one's head touching the ground. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, I just, um, I would leave. And and it's hard because I, I really do feel like the situation where Catherine needs some help. But if I'm a teen girl and I'm already dealing with a planned pregnancy, yeah. good luck with the boiler. Have yes. fun in there. Have fun in there. Mm, nice and warm in there. No with your God or whatever you think the boiler is, you know? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, don't worry. It's only going to get worse with oh. regards to the boiler room. <sighs> boiler rooms are so scary. Yeah, it it, it, it evokes um, uh, Nightmare at Elm Street. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the descent into the boiler room. The hottest room, there's boiling down there. <laughs> Right, like it's the room where there's boiling. I uh, my my place has its own water heater, and it's just constantly murmuring. It's yeah. always so hot, like I'm like, who's talking? It's like it's just me. Mine the is, water um, heater behind me and behind one of these doors. Like which one? Um, one, and uh, I always forget that it's there because I never open that door. And like sometimes I'll hear a sound, and I'm like, hello, and it's just the boiler. <laughs> just your dear friend, the boiler. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, 
in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? So now we see Allison text on the screen that says Joan. Okay. Okay. And we see Joan. She wakes up in a hotel room. So basically, Bill and Linda have stopped at a hotel for the night, and they got Joan a um, room of her own. Again, very kind. And it's kind of a nice, like, it's a motel, but, like, it's pretty nice, you know? And Bill left her a little note that says, thought I should let you sleep. And, you know, we sort of hear a muffled conversation through the wall. And I think the argument is with, I think we're supposed to think it's Bill and his wife being like, why did, why did we pick this up? Yeah. Why are we now responsible? Why are we getting her hotel room? Yeah. Of course, we're going to find out why in a minute. Yeah. Clearly, this is something maybe Bill has done before. And, you know, this is an ongoing thing in their marriage. Rose, meanwhile, she dumps out her purse out of the bed and she goes is to take a shower. wearing a black coat? Like, is, is he... Is he the black um, coat? Yeah. <sighs> no. And I will say, I only say that because you also see him without his coat on. So I, I was going to say, like, is he, like, from the beginning? Like, is he the same man from the beginning? Um, No. But we could talk about the meaning of the coat. Yeah, you know what? I don't want to say no because, like, right, right, in right. a okay. sense, it's, it's yeah, I think it we'll is supposed there. to be I'm just symbolic. curious if, like, it's, okay. if it's, like, visually being telegraphed, like, the same man or if it's mm-hmm. more enigmatic. No, I think Bill, Bill, I think we're supposed to read is, like, very warm. Um, and you know what a nice thing that I is in this movie that I, I really, I've talked about this before, but I love a movie with a lot of realism. And I like, it's like Rose dumps out her purse and there's just a bunch of like loose tampons. And I think those kinds of things were just like an eye to those little specifics. I don't know. I love like, that. It is real. Like you could, yeah. that's, that's anyone's purse. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we just filled a purse with like random stuff right. to give it random weight. Random shit. So it looks yeah. like there was stuff to sift through. It's like actual... Yeah. Um, I don't, I love tampons. I don't know why. I, as, I don't, who cares? I'm just saying like, there, the that was the one thing that I was like, oh yeah. Ever have that. I love tampons. <laughs> well, be, better than some of the other options, yeah, you know? Um, so we hear the muffled argument. Rose goes to take a shower. And when we, she, she takes off her sweatshirt, Allison, we see a healed gunshot on her shoulder. And we see her sort of wince, remembering a cop raising his gun and shooting her. So whatever was preceding her stay in this mental health facility, a cop was involved in in shooting her. An officer involved shooting JK, a cop shot her. Yeah. Um, So after a shower, she hears a knock on the door and it's Bill and she lets him in and she's just wearing a towel. And that's where I'm like, I would, I would just talk to him through the door. I'm not, I don't, you don't know this guy, you know, Uh, but she sits on the bed and Bill tries to talk to her about her life. And he's like, you know, you slept almost four hours in the back seat. And she says, and she just cuts the chase. She's like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you being so nice to me? Yeah. And he says, do you believe in God? Joan immediately shakes her head like, absolutely not. No. And Bill says, have you ever tried to look for him? But Joan doesn't reply to that. And he says, you know, I think people look for God in a lot of different places, you know, in church. But for me, I look for God in sort of the little moments that happen, especially the little coincidences. 
And when I saw you sitting at that bus station, you reminded me so much of someone. And then, when you said you were going to Portsmouth, a coincidence like that, I just can't ignore it. And Joan asked him, so was that because you're going to Portsmouth? And he says, no, no, we're going to the town right before it, uh, Bramford. And Joan sort of has this look and says, well, when, are, when do we think we're going to leave? Also, where's your wife? And Bill says she's sleeping and he stands to leave. And I think there's a certain moment where it's like, we are not sure of Bill's intentions. Yeah. But he says, you know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go down to the diner for dinner. I would love to buy you dinner. And again, Joan has that same look that Catherine had of somebody talking to her, like just off into the distance mm-hmm. and her listening, but there's no one there. So Joan has that same conversation. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the Bramford School, um, uh, Rose is trying to grill Catherine about why she the fuck she was in the boiler room. And I and would not want answers. I would be happy without any more information. You love the boiler? That's your business. I don't, I would just assume like, okay, you're freaking out because your parents are dead, so you're acting weird. Like, yeah. I don't know, it doesn't seem, especially if you're a kid, kids do bizarre things. Yeah. You know, she went somewhere, she was, wanted to freak out in private. I don't know. Like, yeah. I would just assume it was something normal. And and so does Rose. Rose says, were you sleepwalking? Oh, it must. you must have been sleepwalking. That's what it was. And Catherine says, yeah, that's what I was doing. Sleepwalking. Oh, I had like switched. I, for some reason, I thought it was reversed. Who was, okay, Catherine Sorry. was the one praying to the boiler. Catherine, yeah. So the younger okay. Kieran and girl, Shipka. Kieran and Shipka, whose parents are gone. Are, okay, got are it. Gonna, probably not showing up. Yeah. Rose is the one, when she came back from telling her boyfriend that she's pregnant, found okay. Catherine's bed empty, got it. goes down into the boiler room. So okay. yeah, Catherine was the one seemingly praying in front of the boiler, um, of the boiler. And um, she, you know, she's trying to play it off. Like, yeah, I was sleepwalking. That's probably what it was. Catherine tells Rose, my parents aren't going to come. And Mr. Gordon says, you were supposed to look after me. And he said they'd be here for Friday, but now it's too late. They're dead. And Rose is like, a bitch, like, don't like, say that. Ugh. And she's got her own problems. Yeah, I've got a ton of problems. It's like, that's awful. Don't say it about your parents. I'm sure they'll show up. Okay, I'm checking on you now. I'm sorry I didn't check on right. you earlier, but like, I'm here now. Is there anything else? And she's sort of leaves. Like, is there anything else I can get you? And Catherine says, No, you had your chance. Which Rose doesn't know when how to respond. Rose uh, goes back to room and in a move I also I support, she shoves her sofa in front of the door. Yes. So she's so freaked out by the whole Catherine in the, in the boiler room. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and, and shove the sofa in the door. I would Very be as smart. well. Yeah. Um, back in Catherine's room, Allison, we see her totally covered in her sheet, writhing around violently and with her eyes open. And then we see her body bend backwards, like her legs go back up over her head so that her feet are on the bed, her feet and her head are on the bed, exorcist style. Okay. So things are happening. Things in the boiler room have been brought outside the boiler room. Meanwhile, back at the motel, Joan joins Bill in the motel diner. And he's like, Linda has an extra coat. And if I'm Linda, I'm like, okay, fine, but don't give her my extra coat. Like, yeah, can we, yeah. you know, not really. I'm sure Everybody I'd Everybody keep your it. coats. But he tries to get uh, Joan to open up about why she's going to Portsmouth, but she's not giving him anything. And Bill says, of course, you remind me of my daughter. She'd be about your age right now. We lost her nine years ago. 
nine years ago tomorrow, actually, we are going to lay flowers for the anniversary. Here I have a picture. He takes a picture out and hands it to Joan. Allison, his daughter is Rose. Oh. It is a school photo. It's the school photo we saw her take. So we know that Rose, this is nine years later, and Rose is dead because they are traveling to lay flowers. Yes. In memoriam. Got it. Of her demise. Yes. Joan, again, has this look practically catatonic, but like of awareness. And she says she's pretty. And when Joan excuses herself to go to the bathroom, inside the stall, she starts laughing. Like she's giggling with delight. Like she cannot believe like what an incredible situation she's in. We see a glimpse, like a flashback of Joan strangling a woman with her belt and then stealing the woman's driver's license, which says Joan. So Joan is not Joan's real name. So Allison, who do you think Joan is at this point? Ooh, Joan's probably Catherine. Joan is Catherine nine years later. Okay, so we are watching the events that led to her, you know, incarceration. And now she has left the facility. Yes. And in a phenomenal coincidence, or maybe something more, she has run into Rose's parents going back to lay flowers for her, their daughter. Yes. Right? Wow. Whoa. Not what I was expecting. Right, because you're thinking, oh, one of them's a ghost, one of them's a fiction, one of them's a figment of somebody's imagination. They're the same woman. They're played by two different actresses, so you don't know right away, which I think is really fun. I like that. I could see Kiernan Shipka and Emma Roberts being totally the same person, like cousins at least. Yeah. like I feel like they yeah, do a good related. job of like, yeah, yeah, making them look similar. Um, when Joan goes to return to like their booth, Bill is standing with a cop, and she kind of um, scoots around a door because, as we realize, oh, she killed that lady, right? Right. And she sees like a pile of dirty dishes. She goes and she grabs a knife off of a dirty plate. When she returns to their booth, Bill says that the cop said, you know, there's some horrible weather coming. So he's like, so we should get, go on, we should like get our food to go and like wake up Linda and drive into the night. I'm like, I would have the opposite where I'm like, okay, guess we're staying in this hotel for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we get trapped. Essentially, they're going to, at this point, the Bramford School or cemetery. So... You want to get trapped there? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, right. At least you're in a motel now. But, and also if I'm Linda, I'd be like, fuck you. I'm not doing everything you say. Right. But they get in the car and uh, he's getting their bags. So it's just Linda and Joan. And Linda, without turning around, says, did he tell you about our daughter? Did he tell you, you remind him of her? He tries to say that to everyone. Of course, it isn't true. But then she tells a story about the one time she did see someone. She tells this very tragic story about one time she was in the grocery store and she saw a girl who did remind her of her daughter who was 15 and in a school uniform. It was really cold and her and she had like bare legs and sneakers. Yeah. And she was holding her money in her fist like a, like a kid. She tells Joan, you look nothing like her. Honestly, I can't see you at all. That's when she re- should have realized something is wrong because any normal person would have been like, I'm getting the fuck out of this car. Yeah. You just told me this insane story. And, and like, you're also just sitting. Yeah. And also no. like, I'm now intruding on like this very private traumatic memorialization of your daughter's death. If I'm normal, I'm getting out of the car. So they, she should have clocked that Jones just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Anyways, better get on the road. In the morning, back at the dorm, Rose wakes up and goes into the hallway to find Catherine on the phone. And Catherine looks a lot worse. Like, she's very dead-eyed. She's kind of gray and sweaty. And she hangs up the phone. Rose says, well, well, what did he say? And Catherine says, he said I could live here with him. And Rose, assuming she spoke to her family, is confused and says, who are we talking about? Yeah, what's going and, on? And then Catherine tries to pull it together and he goes, um, she goes, Mr. Mr. Gordon says I could live here. And Rose says, I, I don't think so. I think they want us to get picked up and leave. And she tells Rose, you smell pretty. So Rose is, of course, at a loss, doesn't know what to say. I'd go back in my room and barricade the door. Exactly, yeah, get two, I would shove two sofas against All it. All the sofas. They join the sisters for breakfast, and uh, it's, so it's just the four of them. And they ask Catherine, would you mind doing Grace? And she's just, like, laughing through it. Like, she's scoffing, like, how ridiculous to be saying Grace to God. And the nuns are, of course, getting really upset about it. Yes. And Catherine stands up like she's about to be like, you know, say, make some declaration and then just starts projectile vomiting all over the table. What? <sighs> they, of course, take her to the nurse's office and they're, the, nur- the nuns are trying to help her. And when one of the nuns tries to touch her, Catherine snarls, get your hands off me, cunt. And of course, all, you know, Rose and the nuns are like, whoa, whoa, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. Dropping a hard Allison, Just then the phone rings. And one of the nuns answers, and they she looks at Catherine, and we know what the call is. Allison, what's the call? I don't know. Her parents were in a car accident. They're dead. Okay. She she yes. did have a premonition. She did know. Okay, I see. Yes. But they don't want to. They're they're not. They're basically they're going to wait until Mr. Gordon and a an estate trooper to come to tell Catherine. So we know that's what the call we is. know. And the nuns. Yeah. So the nuns know. But so they we tell know Rose, and the nuns know exactly. And they tell Rose to go shovel the walkway. They're like, get out and go shovel the walkway. She's like, well, I, I want to know what's going on. They're like, go shovel no. the walkway. And so Rose just kind of throws her hands and 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 goes and does it. We see Mr. Gordon and the state trooper driving back. And Catherine tells the nun, see, I knew he would say I could stay here. He's the headmaster after all. And the nuns are like, um, again, I don't what? know what you're talking about. Yeah. No. So we see Rose. She's um, shoveling. Rose takes a break uh, to try to uh, go talk to the sisters to be like, I'm, uh, do I have to keep doing this? She goes to the, the sisters basically have a little freestanding like brick home. It's very cute with the address 604 and she goes to uh, to knock and open the door. It's locked. So she's like, okay, well maybe they went somewhere. She says, fuck it. She goes back to her room to lay down and take a nap outside. A straight a state trooper arrives with Mr. Gordon. They also go to 604 to talk to the nuns, but it's locked. Allison, they finally go to the back door. And as they enter, we see from inside, there is blood smeared on the door frame. Oh boy. And when they walk in, Mr. Gordon looks to the floor and just steps back in horror. Allison, I have to ask you at this point, who will survive this movie? Who will survive? Well, not Catherine. Or not. Not Rose. Rose. We're not Rose. Not Rose. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like the same to me, even though they're not. So Rose is dead. Catherine, Catherine is Joan. So Catherine is Joan. 
But is she going to survive the movie entirely? That's what, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm like debating. Like, does Rose's mother kill her? It's a great question. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess that Catherine Joan survives. And, okay. Um, Linda and Bill are yeah, the, I'm, Rose's yeah. parents. Maybe, maybe he survives and she dies. Like, Bill survives. Okay. And um, the nuns, do you think the nuns are getting out of here alive? No. Um, and the headmaster, um, I think he'll survive. And then finally, the boiler. Is the boiler making out of here? Is it going to Boiler is, is in charge. So, boiler lives. Okay, great. <laughs> Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? We see sort of our final chapter. We see the text cat on the screen for Catherine. So we cut back to when she woke from her initial dream, her initial premonition of her parents' car crash. And then we see her in the bathtub. We just see her feet. And we see, we hear someone whispering to her. And we see in the reflection of the tile, a gigantic black coated figure. But we now see it's in its entirety. It has, of course, two gigantic horns going straight up in the air. The devil and is her daddy. Her devil. The devil is her daddy. The devil is the her ultimate daddy. daddy. He is um, the ultimate daddy. And we see the horned being raise its hand. We also see the call where Catherine tried to call her father and leave a voicemail. But this time we hear a distorted voice answer and tell her they're not coming. Kill the cunts. Kill the cunts. That's, that's a devil daddy for you. Devil daddy does not mince words. We also see the scene where Rose tells Catherine about the sisters' wigs, about how they don't have any body hair. They're living the dream. They're loving life. That's incredible. And we see behind Rose the entire time the same shadowy horned figure in the back of the room. And the figure's okay. always in, um, it's always blurry. Like, it's always in the yeah. background. Again, m- much more terrifying that way. Very scary. Like, that's a very scary it's very device. effective. Yes. Yeah. It's very, yeah. I'm chilled and I have not seen mm-hmm. it and I don't want to. It's, it does, it, it's like, it gives you like shades of it follows, you know, where mm. you're constantly mm. like, you're seeing a figure from so far away mm. come into focus and you Got don't eight. know, mm-hmm. yeah, what the, no, what no. the import is. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, nope. No. The phone rings again and Catherine answers and the phone, the voice tells her, you will stay here with me. Cut to what Mr. Gordon saw on the floor of the nun's residence, uh, the nun's dead bodies. Yeah. Jumping back even further, Catherine has slit both their throats, but then they're on the ground alive, trying to crawl 
No. You know, trying to get to the phone, trying to escape, struggling to survive. Catherine goes upstairs to their bedrooms and comes back down with two pillowcases. And we see her pick up a knife from the sister's kitchen and then just starts like soullessly, emotionlessly starts stabbing the nuns in the back over and over again until they're done. Uh, That's chilling. So this has all happened. Meanwhile, Rose wakes up not knowing any of this and it's sort of like she cradles what looks to be her stomach and I think she is sort of deciding would I want to keep a child? Because then we see her go to the in her robe to the bathroom. I mean, Allison, she gets her period. So she's not pregnant at all. Okay. But I thought when I saw that child, I'm like, okay, so she is pregnant. She's been pregnant. Like, I was reinterpreting it. Yeah. And then it's like, no, no, she was just sort of like imagining, would I want to do it? She goes to, she gets her period and she's so fucking relieved. Obviously, you're like, thank God. Yeah. Also, just as someone who can conceive at all. Boy, nothing hits like a, a negative pregnancy test. Yeah, I'll boy, it is uh, a relief if there ever has been. One. I was like, or, or unless you're looking for a positive one. Man, right. we really can't win for a reason. Yeah, it's a, you know, a hellish existence. Um, and she calls out, to, she hears someone open the door of the bathroom. She calls out, Catherine, no one responds, of course. So she, when she walks into the hallway, it's very dark and she sort of trepidatiously starts to look in the and different after rooms. after the nuns have been killed. Yes, she okay. does not know that, but so we know, know that. But we know that. Yes. Okay. Um, she opens the door to the hallway to the stairs down um, to the first floor, and there's just a bundle of bloody sh- soaked sheets. And potentially it looks like there might be, if I had to guess, a human head wrapped in a bloody sheet, much like we saw in the movie Watcher. Where oh, boy. Was a human oh, head Watcher. Head in a well, he's bag. got it in a bag. He's on the go. And this is a bunch of bloody sheets, which with sort of like the the general outline of a human head. To me, that's what it looked like. Yeah. So of course, Rose jumps. I know I had Yeah, I had. Catherine steps out of a doorway and just starts stabbing Rose too, just stabbing her until Rose falls to the ground. And we see we sort of cut between the the logo of the school on Catherine's sweatshirt, which is a woman's head in profile, and Rose's head, which she's face down. Catherine grabs her by the back of her hair and raises her head up before bringing the knife down. Oh, my God. Brutal. We cut, we cut back to Mr. Gordon, the state trooper. Mr. Gordon ostensibly, like, ran to call 911. The state trooper follows two twin trails of blood through the snow to the girls' dorm. Yeah. All the way down into, where else? The boiler room. The boiler room. And is horrified to find Catherine worshiping the, the the furnace next to the severed heads of Rose and the two nuns, sort of set up next to her. She turns. She's still holding the knife, and also she looks horror. Like she's like, like yeah. black eyes, like gray. Like she looks unwell. Yes. And the trooper says, "Drop the knife." Catherine said, "Stands up and like lifts her hands up and says in like a bizarre demonic voice." Hail Satan. Obviously. She shrieks and the trooper shoots her in the shoulder. Finally, back in modern time, okay. they're driving through the night ahead of this blizzard. Linda is berating Bill. Because she's this, this I, I'm just like, again, go to couples counseling. I cannot say this yeah, enough, Yeah, these two need to work through some things. And look, it's incredibly traumatic, but like, don't turn on each other. This must have, they must have this conversation every fucking every day. day. She's like, when you meet people, do you tell them it was a murder? Did you tell her they had to do blood type matching just to make sure the head was matched to the right body? Like, screaming at him. Oh and God. Joan says, 
could you please pull over? I'm going to be sick, which is, again, if you were a normal person, you'd be like, I'm just going to run into a field. Yes. Like, I'm going to just start booking it and go until I can't remember what I just dealt with. (laughs) And Linda says, Bill, don't do it. We can't stop here, please. And she's begging Bill not to stop. Allison, they're they're driving through Bramford. Like, she's having, like, she's panicking. She's freaking out. Bill pulls over and Joan immediately from the back seat reaches forward and slits Bill's throat before turning Bill, and then starts. I kind of wanted Bill to make I it. Know. Bill was a nice guy. And uh, Joan immediately starts uh, stabbing Linda over and over again. Brutal fucking death. Like this, this one was, this, this is a tough one. Yeah. Allison, she then of course wipes the blood off her face and then lifts her knife and starts beheading Bill. What is the beheading? Why the beheading? We cut back to Catherine in the mental facility right after the murders. She's cha- like she's um, handcuffed to a, 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 a gurney. Yeah. And Father Brian from the beginning comes to see her. Father Brian looks at her eyes and he sees that she is possessed. Like he, he's like, this is not Catherine. There's something else going on. Yeah. Clearly. So he's, and he starts praying over her. He's like, you will leave this poor girl. You will never come back. I, you will dr- I will drive you from this poor girl's body. And as he's, we're sort of cutting between this exorcism in, in, this, in the hospital, and we see, quote unquote, Joan, who of course we know is Catherine, arrive at the Branford School, which of course has been shut down because of the horrific murders and Yeah, beheadings. you can't like keep having a school if three people are decapitated. Exactly. And Father Brian, he, he has this whole kit. He's got a Bible. He's got his holy water. And he starts performing an exorcism. He's screaming, the power of Christ, I command you. And Catherine's body starts hovering over the hospital bed until she falls back down. And she turns and we see the horned figure in the corner of the hospital room. And she begs the figure, don't go. But it's gone. In current day, Joan goes to the boiler room with Bill and Linda's severed heads. But of course, Allison, the boiler has long since gone dark. Yeah. The no no, boiling. There's nothing there. The devil is gone. And Joan goes outside into the snow and puts her hands over her face and just starts screaming because she's finally and totally alone. The end. Oh. The end, Allison. Well. <laughs> okay. Ah! Well, we can talk about a couple different aspects of this, I think, yes. before we get into fatal mistakes. Um, so we're... Her parents were in a car accident. Like, that yes. is, like, a real thing. She didn't, like, murder them or something. Like, they like they were in a car accident. That is all real. Yes. And I think we're supposed to think, I believe that we are supposed to interpret the um, phone calls as sort of, like, the devil knowing that this was going to happen. So it was going to use her loneliness to, like, sort of take possession of her and, like, control her. Okay. So, like, she, the devil wasn't possessing her before, like, how long was he with her? I think as soon as he, she started getting phone calls. So I think the night that she got the premonition that yes. her parents were going to die. Yes. That is when the devils started okay. to infiltrate her. So I okay. think it was, like, the original murders, I think she was also, she was possessed then. Yes. I think the thing that we're supposed to think now is she's not possessed as an adult. She's trying to, she's trying to re, she wants possessed. Devil she daddy. wants the devil daddy. Ba- she, and listen, once you leave, lose that devil daddy love, More devil I'm daddy. sure it's devastating. Yes. She wanted devil daddy to come back. And so she was going to uh, essentially make an offering to him. Yes. 
and but the devil was gone. You can't gone. you can't get repossessed unless now you're the Leslie Nielsen parody repossessed, which is a parody of The Exorcist, and I remember loving that as a kid. I mean, we the parody VHS, films so good, like Lethal. No, not Lethal Weapon. Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Naked Gun. I love, I want to watch all the Naked Guns I know. Again. There was just like, I mean, it's like, it's of the genre of like yes. airplane where it's just like, it's a million jokes per minute. And like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. It's all references. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's all like 90s references that even as a kid in the 90s, I'm like, I don't get any of this, but yeah. I'm, lo- I'm, but I'm loving it. it. And it's funny. I, my mother would always say like, Leslie Nielsen would do anything for, for a dollar, but in a very reverential way, like where there's something like about- Like he's willing to like, be as silly as yeah. possible. And most people, and I do admire most that. actors yeah. are too full of themselves to commit that. Right. Way. He, it was like, because he has gravitas, he could be that funny. Yes, yes, yes. yes. God, he's so um, funny. He's so funny. He's still alive? No, he died, no. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. That's a bummer. Um, and then to get back to your point of who is the black coat? Yes. So the black coat is Devil Daddy? I think it's Devil Daddy. I okay. think it's Devil Daddy. Yes. And the boiler is also Devil Daddy? You know, I think <laughs> the boiler... That's a great question. Yeah, what is the boiler? What I think so. I think it's I think, the devil. Or that's I think we his house. That. The boiler is the devil's house. <laughs> also, it's not a boiler. I keep saying boiler. It really... I guess it's a furnace. furnace? I, I know nothing about HVAC systems. Could not I don't know. tell you one Heating and cooling. fact about anything. And that's what's wrong with millennials. You know what I mean? We just we don't, don't know, know anything because we'll never own a home. So we right. just don't have it the information. Matter. Why would I need to know what a septic tank is if I'm never going to have one? Um, oh, I think I, I don't know if I've told this on the pod yet. Speaking of tampons, if I told, if I, if I already said this, I apologize to the listener, but I moved into this new place and like, look, I know you're not supposed to flush tampons. I Doesn't know matter. this. Okay. I'm doing it. Well, Megan, I, I, the friend of the pod, Megan Gailey has an incredible stand up bit about this. <laughs> Well, like, look, I just think, like, I grew up in a farmhouse. I You couldn't flush them. I get it. It's going to ruin the septic tank. In New York, a lot of old buildings have bad pipes. I will say, in LA, in a newer building, I have done it. I, I'm not proud of it. I This building I moved into, it is 100 years old. And I was told, please, for the love of God, don't let any food go into the uh, kitchen sink. Yeah. Because it will get fucked up. Nobody said no tampons. But I should have known from the context that yeah. there was no tampons. If, you cannot, if food can't go down the sink drain... Tampons can't go down the toilet. And I only realized this when basically like my food or like food from my upstairs neighbor's sink started backing up into my bathtub. And Aye. then other stuff was happening. Like, like, so it was two days in a row I was having water backed up. Literally my upstairs neighbor, who's very nice, and I've met her one other time, comes, I hear her running down and she runs down as I'm leaving. And she, the first thing she says to me is, do you use tampons? Do you use tampons? And I was like, um, sometimes. Of course I do. Yes. She's like, well, there was apparently there was like a a flooding in the background backyard, and it was full of baby wipes and 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 tampons. I want to know, do you want do you use tampons and baby wipes? And I'm like, I have met you one time before, like I, you know, yeah, this is a lot. And I want to be clear, I lied and said no, of course, okay, because I don't give a fuck. I'm not telling you, but also I don't use baby wipes, so I don't know who's those. I maybe probably some other neighbors. But then also, I it was like in that moment, it was like I am like 11 years old again. You know what I mean, like. Having someone come and yell at me about flushing a tampon, but anywho, I know I will never do it again, and I know that, and I I do apologize. It all seems like it worked out, like there's no other problems, but it's just like the shock of having somebody run down a flight of stairs and asking me that. I'm like, I <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anywho, yeah, I think the devil, the black coat was the devil, and black also coat is the devil. 
the original title was uh, February. And I like Black Coast Daughter a lot better. I do too. February is not as (laughs) gripping. He's just generic, yeah. Yeah. Um, Allison, what are some fatal mistakes you think people may have made in the movie The Black Coat's Daughter? Fatal mistakes. I mean, picking up a hitchhiker. Or not a hitchhiker, but a... You're at a bus stop. Like, also, you're on, like... They were on such a, like... Weird schedule. Um, Like, I mean, they're going to lay flowers at their daughter's grave at the school where she was brutally murdered along with other people like this let's not get other people involved in like i i'd be like you know what i'm sure she needs help but we are on a path and i think i had a lot of questions about like their driving schedule like what their plans were like the blizzard and like yes yeah what's where and like i guess yeah i guess we knew where joan was going but we didn't know until the end um yeah other than that i mean look you can't help it when the devil daddy comes a calling yeah unfortunately like, you know everybody was doing their best everyone was really doing their best even like rose i mean the nuns i yeah. mean right what were they supposed to do yeah these i guess it's sort of like the this is about trauma, trauma. um trauma um but it is it's sort of like oh the trauma of her parents death opened up this like wound that in this case the devil was able to take advantage of. I think is what we're supposed to think. Yeah. Um I just well, I'm sorry I Googled Leslie Nielsen while we were talking and he had a quote from Esquire magazine, 2008, he says, There's an old saying that God exists in your search for him. I just want you to understand that I ain't looking. And that kind of really dovetails nicely. Wow, with the film, what a I nice think. weird coincidence for that to come up. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Leslie Nielsen. Thank you, Leslie Nielsen, R.I.P. And then finally, where would you place the Black Coast Daughter on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. Oof! I think I this is this is an eight and a half. Yeah, I I obviously I've seen it before, so you know it wasn't as scary. But the first right. time I saw it, I'm gonna give it a seven. I yeah. it, I really it's shook up me. There. It's it's shot again like. A, a quieter, realistic horror movie. Yeah. And like, I think I, that makes no. it so much scarier than if yes. it was like a a big kind of fantastical version of this. Yeah. And like, look, I love, I, you know, I love a Black Phillip. I love, I love a, sure. you see a devil daddy. I love all that. But there's, there's something about playing it very close to the vest and yeah. not showing your hand that I think is, yeah, it's so much creepier. Oh, Black Phillip. Um, yeah, I know. I was just thinking about Black Phillip. The goat. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe I should get a goat. I'm kidding. I don't have that kind of, I don't have like outdoor space like No, that. just rats. Just two little rats running around my, my apartment. Oh, God. Even then, I'm like, I can't deal with that. No. I, 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 I'm so on stressful. your flesh and tampons. The whole thing's about to fall apart. Yeah, so. right. It's like, you can't, like, somebody's going to come knock on your door. It's like, do you have pet rats? And I'll have them on my shoulders. Like, no. no. These are my They slip in under your blazer. Suddenly it's shoulder pads. Um. Yeah, I just want a big blazer with rats running. I mean, that is kind of a vibe. That's kind of a look. I think I'm into it. I am into That's it. That's fun. Um, All right. Wow, well, Allison, what a movie! What a great, what I a know, terrible white a woman. One. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's just our DNA, man. When the devil comes a call, and we just want we to get answer some funny business. Calls. Um. Well, Allison, always a pleasure, always. and and everyone listening, um, yeah. we love you very much. We love you Thank very you much. So much. Thank you for being here. 
with us. And, and um and don't oh, we, forget we have a live show coming. Yes, up. thank God. Oh God, Serena would have been so mad at us. <laughs> so mad. Jesus Christ. <gasps> we have a live show coming up. I am sadly going to be in absentia. Oh, yeah. I will not be there. I will be in San Francisco doing um, my show, Oh God, a show about abortion. If you live in the Bay Area, come to Sketchfest uh, January 28th. But regardless of where you live, you can see our next live show on Sunday, January 29th, where um, Hallie... I will be joined by the Afraid of the Pod uh, returning uh, guest host, Naomi Paragon, Icon. The incomparable, hilarious comedian, um, you know, her from Mythic Quest... She, her podcast, um, I Love a Lifetime Movie, one of my absolute favorite with the aforementioned Megan Megan Gailey. Gailey. Also go look for Megan Gailey's tampon joke. It's great. I absolutely will. (laughs) It's for done here. Um, Yeah, and we will, of course, be doing Megan. It seemed fitting for Naomi as both a friend to and important critic of white women um, to have her weigh in. And I'm going to be honest, I think she's going to hate it, uh, knowing her. Um, and what her feelings are on horror in general, but especially yes. a creepy little doll that does a little dance and yep. kills some people. Little Megan. <laughs> um, but yeah, we hope you'll join us um, Sunday, uh, January 29th. It'll be really fun. And uh, again, I think based on the reviews, this is the movie we needed to heal. All we I'm needed Megan. is people raving about how much fun it is. I'm, and so, I'm seeing it tomorrow. I'm seeing it tomorrow and I'm so excited. Yeah, I... I I'm not going to go to a theater to see it, but boy, when it comes out in a way that I can watch it at home, I am debating this one. This well, it looks, we'll, we'll see how scary it is. You yeah, know what I mean, like, like you'll, I'll listen. I'll be listening in, watching, but um, right. I just will not be able to record. But um, so yeah, go to moment.co slash ruined. Um, and also, if you're in San Francisco, go see Allison at yeah. Sketchfest. Come see me at Sketchfest, Saturday, January 28th. And, um, I guess there's only one last thing to ask, um, and that's if you guys, if you want to mind, do do your darndest to please. Devil Daddy would like if you would. Devil Daddy beseeches you. Please. Keep it spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?